today on Ovias and Gilio. Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich, very relatable. He hates meetings just as much as we do. Speaking of head coaches, Duke head coach Mike Elko is going to drop on by as the Blue Devils get ready to take on NC State on Saturday. And speaking of the Wolfpack, Chancellor Randy Woodson still hasn't explained why NC State voted in favor of ACC expansion. Why? Check us out, breakingt.com slash OG. Get your bad for ratings shirt ahead of the Carolina hurricane season. Keep those positive vibes going. And of course, thanks to everybody who has given us five stars, has left ratings on their favorite podcast platforms. I'm looking to screen grab a few more, so get to it. OG. 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 Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside the Eford Studios downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I know we're getting into the middle of October. A lot of places just start to shut down and look towards the holidays and everything else. You might be doing an assessment on how things have gone for your company. I know you and I were doing that. Well, you were doing it yesterday. You're the business guy. Checking where things out. Checking out where things are. Good way to save money for your small to medium-sized business is to do an assessment with Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. You'll find out how much money you can save when you get your print costs under control and document management under control thanks to Copiers Plus. Sometimes I feel like I have to get Jillio under control before we even start the podcast because I don't know where your internet rabbit holes take you from time (laughs) to time. So as we were getting ready to start today's show, you just start to chuckle to yourself. And I I pop up and I'm like, what's so funny? And you're like, yeah, you know, I'm just reading this tweet about recruiting and it's just nothing but hope trafficking. And I went and found the tweet. This is a tweet from May 30th, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, from, it's, from, a, it's from Kentucky Sports Radio. There's and a good reason about, I found it, though. I they're mean, talking about Robert Dillingham, uh, who was going to go to state. Now he's at Kentucky. I'll read the tweet real quick. Okay. Uh, he's at guard. This is from an on three article. He's a guard like some of the guards you've you've had before. He has the speediness of a John Wall, the shooting ability of a Devin Booker type player. Rob Dillingham's coach at OTE tells KSR the five star is built for the spotlight at Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, first of all, come on, John Wall, one of one. Yes, the book. Come on. I know. Great shooter. I'm just laughing, though, because uh, this started because Jack Pilgrim had posted about Mark Stoops basically has never beaten anybody at Kentucky. Yeah, that's fair. Right. And it, it was somebody called in and basically on his coach's show and was like, hey, why do you why have you only have two wins over teams who finish with a winning record in SEC play? Mm-hmm. And Stoops was like, no, that's that's not a real stat. So Jack Pilgrim went through, did his did his homework, which I enjoy. And I ended up on his Twitter page and then that's his pinned tweet. And I'm laughing because I was watching Kentucky football on Saturday. And I'm like, man, Kentucky's got a bunch of state guys. I forgot about Rob Dillingham, but really John Wall and Devin Booker. But that's recruiting. Why why stop there? man? Like why, why stop there? Just like, it's got the heart of Michael Jordan. Okay. It's got the handle of Julius Randle. He's unstoppable. Hey man, that's, that's how you make your money. On those recruiting sites, I, you feed people. I totally the understand goods. that. You, you gas them up. 
guess totally my, understand hey, that. Maybe I should start a subscription only Major League Baseball Raleigh type page where I just gas people up all the time. Like Raleigh has the heart of a New York City, but the upside of an Austin, Texas, and all those types of things. That's why we need baseball. Which, by the way, I'm still getting shit for last week talking about yeah. Major League Baseball. I am kind of flabbergasted that just trying to have an honest conversation about I think it was essentially it was a somebody had tagged us in I think it was one of our listeners tagged us in some sports triangle business journal about how like 95% of people want major league baseball here that's not even what the question was it was such a flawed question I know it was a flawed question. like of course everybody wants major league baseball here it'd be great who doesn't want major league baseball here Let's move, let's move on from, uh, what would you call Kentucky? The Kentucky Wolf Pack? There's so much state there. The Wild Wolves? Gosh. <laughs> I don't know why I took that tweet to, <laughs> to trigger, trigger me a little bit. To trigger that whole thing. Uh, speaking of moving on, will the Carolina Panthers move on from Frank Reich? Buddy. Man, they show buddy. so much patience to Matt Rule that, no, we're not there yet, are we? Is Frank Reich there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, I think you mentioned this to me, either you did this or somebody else did this in a text message, that Frank Reich me, might be going Costanza here. <laughs> that was not me. That was not you? All right. Maybe it was Luke DeCock <laughs> who said Costanza mode. I don't know. But based on his press availability yesterday, <laughs> I, I felt both bad and relatable with Frank Reich in having these meetings and also wondering. You know how I feel about meetings. I know how you feel about meetings. We'll get that in a second. I also feel like Frank Reich might just be kind of setting things up with, hey, man, it ain't me. (laughs) I've been doing this too long for you to act like it's a me problem. Okay. So Vashti Hurt, Carolina Blitz, does a wonderful job. Got the ball rolling at yesterday's press conference by asking about conversations with David Tepper at 0-5. Clearly, David Tepper is not happy. Nobody's happy with what's going on. Makes, Makes total sense. But the answers I found curious. I'm assuming that you and David Tepper have an open line of communication. What have your what has your dialogue with him been like? Um, you know, miss, talk to him every week, multiple times. You know, usually talk either Monday or Tuesday after a game. And um, you know, he's super competitive. He wants to bring a winner to the Carolinas. He's, um, you know, wants it now you know, wants it now and, and pushes me and pushes us to that end. Um, he wants to do whatever it takes and turn over every stone, churn it as much as he has to, to, to produce winning football. So um, I appreciate those conversations. They're always very challenging. Um, he's a super competitive person and um, he's not going to sit idly by. <laughs> They're very challenging. Oh, oh boy. Good. Now here's the thing. Talking with an owner, does not raise an eyebrow. I'm sure that across the NFL, once a week, there are check-ins. Once a week? There's probably check-ins. That raises an eyebrow to me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, does that surprise you, though, based on what we know about David Tepper? Once a week seems like a lot. But you, but you hate meetings now. No, but that seems like a lot. Okay. You don't think Jerry Jones is? Well, Jerry Jones is in every meeting. I'm not sure you want to be Jerry Jones. Yeah, probably not. And that's kind of where David Again, Tepper is. This is right a now. guy who learned from the Roonies who have had four coaches in 75 years. Which, like quick aside. Did you learn anything from them? Quick aside, my brother sent me a TikTok of like the continued Matt Canada, Canada in the stuff. booth. Just being like, right. 
and there was a there was a clip making the rounds of as the Steelers were coming out of the in the in the locker room, and Matt Canada is there, like, yeah, we won, and somebody just said. Not because of you, though. That was from last year. Was that from last year? Yeah. Okay, okay. I couldn't keep track. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, okay, to your point. Yes, there are such, But every owner is visible. Like, you have Woody Johnson with the Jets, highly visible. You have... I'm just... It's it's a thing where... where yeah, there's only 32 of them, There's right? only 32 and, of them. They have their own cult of person. The whole thing is a popsicle contest anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, I got you. So there's a reason why that man has brass balls on his desk, sure. right? Because it's really about show. It's a measuring contest all the time. Totally with you on that. So that aside, it's the tenor of the way Frank Reich is talking about these things that you can tell he's getting stressed the hell out because David Tepper's on it all the time and something's got to give. So somebody had followed up on what exactly is taking place here? Like, you know, Tepper are being you involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Tepper being involved. What, what exactly are those conversations like? When you say David Tepper won't sit idly by, what, what does that mean exactly? I mean, get more involved in some way. I mean, no, I just think asking for things I, to happen. Well, listen, I don't want to speak too much for him, um, obviously, but you know, there's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of, stay stay away and and don't engage a whole lot other owners do and his philosophy is he's going to engage and um and listen it's only been a short experience but it's been a really good experience Mm -hmm. Uh, it hasn't been fun you know it's not fun those those meetings aren't i wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings um but those meetings make me better and i trust they make us better Okay, I am going to, and Joe, this this comes from your perspective that you hate meetings. You've yeah. always hated meetings. That's why we don't have They're performative. Meetings. We don't have meetings at OG Media LLC. We do not. To your point, the one thing that I have noticed since we've gone on our own, I'm not against meetings, but I am against meetings that waste my time. All right. To your point about performative meetings, it's the one thing that I realized in stepping away of how much time we actually wasted. Going over stuff, just going like we went over this already, you know, time in this meeting is taking away time of me preparing for a show or doing something that would be good for the brand. If you want a video with the downtown rally alliance, right? Those are things that we can do when we're, you know what I, you know what we can do today? Cause we don't have meetings. That was fun. No, do you know what we can do today without a meeting? We can go to wit competition center and go talk to Rod Burdenmore for the show. Can't wait. Without meetings getting in the way, you know what else we can do? We can go to PNC Arena and go play golf with Seth Jarvis. There are times where management just gets in the way because management feels like they have to justify their own existence. But there is something different about David Tepper. He isn't management. He's the freaking owner. Right. And when you're the owner, it's on you to have the ultimate vision for what you want this to be. And at some point, and I'll always find this fascinating. In not just football, but in all of corporate culture, corporate America culture, and we see this time and time again, the people making the decisions that affect everybody down the line never face consequences. And I guess when you're the owner of the Carolina Panthers or the owner of any sports team, it doesn't matter if you are the source of why things aren't good right now, because you'll just fire the next guy. You'll just trade away the guy you feel that isn't performing. Or you will just sell the farm because you have to do things right now. There are no consequences for David Tepper for being the source 
of giving away the farm to go get Bryce Young when you didn't need to. Who pays the consequence for that? Frank Reich will ultimately pay for that. Scott Fitterer might actually be the next guy up because that's where things are going, dude. They're not going to win this weekend against the Dolphins. No. They're going to get to the bye week winless. And I don't think that Houston game is a given. I don't think it's a given. No, I know. They're playing Houston and Indy in consecutive weeks. So in theory, they'll get a chance to see the two quarterbacks that they passed over. Yeah. So I am of the opinion that first thing to fall is going to be Frank Reich's going to have to give up play calling. Okay. Now, I don't think that's a David Tepper source issue. I think that's simply Frank Reich's in over his head or paralysis analysis with all the all-star coaching staff and not exactly putting the Panthers in the best position to win by insisting on doing the play call. So I think that's the first thing to give up. If they're winless through the bye, I think Scott Fitterer is fired. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you just go through the, go through the playbook here. You know, the, the Panthers' biggest problem is they just don't have any talent. They don't. That's the truth of the matter. Which gets to who's been making those decisions. Well, I, David Tepper's been a part I, of it, I obviously. I Tepper's a big part of it, but, you know, Matt Rule was involved in that. Mm-hmm. Fitterer was involved in that. Well, you got rid of we got Matt, Matt, Matt Rule already. I don't think Reich has been involved in that, to be perfectly honest Aha. with you. This is where we get back to the Costanza. What did I say yesterday when it comes to coaches' press conferences? If you listen closely, they will usually reveal a little bit more than this boilerplate coach speak. And every time Frank Reich's been asked about personnel issues, he's kind of given away the game in that, hey, man, it ain't up to me. You know, my name's Pitt and I in this, right? So here is Frank Reich being asked a follow-up question by Joe Person. Listen carefully at the end, which adds more credence to my point about how Frank Reich's just like, Man, what do you want me to do? Without Dave saying one to win now, we've also heard him say Rome wasn't built in a day. Is there an understanding uh, by ownership that, you know, you're sort of beginning this process with a new staff and a new quarterback? No, I think, listen, I mean, obviously he's a very accomplished individual and he's built his own empire uh, and you know, and he knows how he did that. So uh, I don't have his bank of experience to draw from. I, you know, I have my own. But uh, do I think he has the right mentality of the win now, but also this is going to be, uh, you know, a longer-term thing as well? He wants both. I mean, what, that's what we all want. We want to build a winner now, and we want something that can be sustained. You know, we want to build it on the right foundation. Sometimes, you know, you throw – you can – He's got a lot of money, so we could throw a bunch of money uh, at this guy, that guy, and that ends up blowing up in your face. We can all give examples of teams that happen with. We're trying to build. By the way, real, real quick aside, one, he didn't answer the question. Like, is David Tepper equipped to do the build and win now think at the same time? Didn't answer his own question, that rhetorical question that he brought up. So I think we know what he's getting at. And then he's referencing other owners who have zero issues with money and it blowing up in their face. I brought up Dan Snyder. We have Jerry Jones as an example. They're not the only ones, but those are the two biggest ones that come sure. come up in the let's just throw money at the problem and it blow up in your face. But here's the kicker. Here's the key part. Build it on good principles, you know, build through the draft, resign your own players when you can. It doesn't always make sense, but when you can. What does that tell you, Joe? It tells me the one valuable player on their roster, Brian Burns, probably not going to be on their roster much longer when they didn't sign him to start the season after the market was set with Nick Bosa. You know, I don't, I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, I mean seriously, if, if you, if there was an open draft of, of everyone, yeah, if everyone in the NFL was available, 
I think Brian Burns probably goes at the end of the first round. I think you probably have to go three or four more rounds okay. after that. Who's who's to that to next Derek, guy? Derek Brown. Okay. And then I'm serious. Like <laughs> there, those might be the only two guys who got drafted. Yeah. In a, in an open draft of available football players. Right. Their their roster's garbage. Yeah. Like it's it's not good. And and there's only so many things that you can do when your roster is not good. Every good leader, every good leader has good people around them. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to compare him to Tom Dundon. One of the great things Tom Dundon did was say, Rod Brindamore didn't get a fair shake. I'm not throwing him out with the trash just because he was worked for a terrible head coach. Don Waddell is a guy had some, had some success in Atlanta, but for the most part, you wouldn't be like, Oh man, Don Waddell built, built a juggernaut with the Atlanta thrashers. Yeah. He saw something in Don Waddell as an NHL guy, as a, as a talent evaluator had hired, made two home run hires. And for the most part, I think we could agree. He stays out of the way. For the like, most part. If you told me that Tom Dundon met with Rod Brindamore on a weekly basis about the power play and the penalty <laughs> kill and anything else, I would be floored. I yeah. would be floored. Yeah. He's yeah. Based I, on I our conversations with, with all of those which, individuals, which by the way, Tom Dundon's not perfect by the way, when it comes no. to those types of things. I mean, for heaven's sake, Don Waddell's done. He's been your main capo. Right. And you basically were like, well, he essentially has a lifetime contract. It doesn't work that way. Just pay the man. <laughs> and we're coming up on an interesting season for the Carolina Hurricanes because Rod Brindamore's contract is coming due. Again? Yeah, man. He only signed a two-year deal. Yeah, man. So interesting. you're going to take care of your guys. But to your point, I do agree with you. Tepper theoretically put the right people in place by throwing money at all these all-star coaches and yet still can't get out of the way. And yet still you're confusing all-star and veteran. You know what I mean? No, I know. That's how it was positioned. Sure. By them. (laughs) No, here's the other thing though. Based on what we know about David Tepper, if you're a young coach, would you want to go work for that? No, that's the other issue. I don't think anybody wanted to work for him. It might've been interesting if he had hired Steichen. And again, we we could talk a lot about. I, there's I, only thirty. I, there's only thirty two jobs. So I, I, that's why I no, always. No, no. I think it, it'll be awesome just to see how it all plays out with Steichen, yeah. with Richardson, with Stroud. You know. All right. Well, uh, when Frank Reich gets fired after going zero and seventeen, the first NFL no, team they're going to win a football oh, game. No, they're not. They, Come when on. They go zero and seventeen. We'll invite Frank Reich. Do you know why they're going to win a football game? Why they're ultimately going to let Andy Dalton play? Because when he talked Fair. about when Reich talked about, hey, we're we're, we're trying to win now. No, you're not. If you were, you would play Andy Dalton. This is true. And if you really thought, if you really thought Bryce Young was the That's pocket fair. Mahomes, That's fair. you would have done what the Chiefs did with Mahomes and let him sit and watch and well, figure things out. Ship sailed on that one. But bottom line is when Frank Reich does eventually get fired because these coaches are hired to get fired, yes. we'll invite him down to graffiti and we'll just be like, hey, man, been there. there. Been there. Hey, man, <laughs> been there. I get it, man. Meetings, they suck. You got a whole lot more money than we do, though. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. If you're <laughs> you want to advertise on OG Media LLC, like Graffiti does, so go check out Graffiti in downtown Cary. They got a break-even night tonight on Tuesdays is break-even night. Great bottle of bourbon at cost. So, for instance, you can get a really expensive bottle of bourbon for one ounce pour, three bucks. That's pretty sweet. And on Sundays, you've got football and bourbon. And given how the Panthers have been playing, you're gonna need a lot of that. We will be at Breeze Through on Wednesday. Very my parka ready. Very my gloves, excited about my this. Hat. Very excited about this. Although we, there might be some blankets. We are going to get a we're, we're going to get an Olympia blanket, uh, an ice machine blanket, a, a Zamboni blanket. Even though they don't use Zambonis, that's neither here nor there. Because uh, Breeze Through has got the Freeze Crew, 
So they're going to be the breeze through freeze crew. The people who get to sit on the machine while they go around the ice. Adam's so good. Breeze through is going to be on that. Again, we're going to be at breeze through on Wednesday, two o'clock live show. Just keep that in mind. So with the breeze through, um, they got the beer cave, which we'll be doing the show from. And we'll also be uh, hanging out um, in a parking lot at some point in time, right? We're giving away. Oh, you mean the tailgate? The the tailgate, OG tailgate, right? right? We're doing that, right? OG tailgate is going to be a Buffalo night where the Canes play Buffalo. That's a, our wings are better than your wings mm-hmm. kind of night with my man, Ryan Malley from wings over. Also big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovias and Julio. Go check them out online at wh.lawyer. I feel like I should have talked to Whitaker and Hamer about contracts for snacks uh, for the OG golf classic. I was not under, I was under the impression you commandeered that you commandeered so, the snacks. So here you go, Joe, I brought you back some nature valleys for the kids. I don't want the kids to go commandeered the snacks. Yeah. I don't, I don't want the kids to go, to go hungry. Okay. okay. I mean, I did leave you two cases of hot splash for Jessica. I felt like that was more important. I'm just saying kids, they don't care. The youths love two things. Yeah. Podcasts and bourbon. <laughs> so graffiti has got that thing, right? man. <laughs> they do. Graffiti has got that thing. <laughs> they do. Right. They do. Also want to keep you informed on some other things that are going on, on OG media LLC. You can go check out a new episode of young gun with Dimitri Ravanos and Lauren Brownlow to get the Bryce young perspective uh, for this upcoming, for this entire season, it's been terrible, but they'll find a way to <laughs> make it somewhat entertaining because I really don't know how else to put it. It's been terrible, uh, but they're making, uh, they're making the most of it on young gun. And also what chicken t- salad, Joe, chicken I know, salad. I know. Also want to tell you about our friends over at WUNC, North Carolina's public radio. They've got a new podcast called the broadside. It's hosted by award-winning podcast producer, Anissa Khalifa. And the broadside explores history, pop culture stories rooted in the American South. Each week, the show goes beyond the headlines and explores a single topic impacting the region. And along the way, they zoom out and explain how it reverberates across the country. So check out the broadside, your source for Carolina news and culture stories that might not make the front page, but definitely deserve a deeper look. The broadside, go ahead, follow it, listen, wherever you get your podcasts. They come out every Thursday. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline as a head coach, Duke football. It's a football school now. I saw it with my very own eyes, coach, before this game against Notre Dame. Uh, when you had game day in town, John Shire holding up his custom jersey at a press conference. <laughs> I was like, I've been here 20 some odd years. I never thought I'd see the day. There it was. You've done the turnaround at Duke. Yeah, we have. We have. John's obviously great and and putting football and basketball together is something we've talked a lot about. And um, that's all we're trying to do. I think everybody wants to make so much of this basketball school, football school. We just want to be a school with great athletics. And then we've been great in so many sports for so long. Um, it's nice to see football kind of stepping into that that realm and holding its end of the bargain a little bit. The one thing that Joe, Joe and I have discussed a lot in watching this team from last year to what we've seen so far this year is that you've instilled this belief. And sometimes I feel like that's underrated. The coaching staff believing, yeah, you guys should be able to compete. You guys should be able to win. And let's keep this going. In the aftermath of Riley Leonard's injury at the end of the Notre Dame game and the week off, how has that installation of belief bled through the program knowing that, hey, you still have a lot of goals that you can meet? 
Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's still there and it's still strong. You know, we wanted the Notre Dame game to finish a different way. There's no doubt about it. We felt like we had that one and kind of let it slip away. But but when you talk about big picture, big scope, I think the other thing it did was show you that we were capable of getting on that big national stage and going toe to toe with the blue blood. And, and I think we did that and did that for four quarters and, and unfortunately didn't make the plays at the end to get the result that we wanted. But we know how close we are. Um, you know, and then we've been a next man up group from day one. I think we've, we've probably talked the least about injuries and the problems and concerns that injuries can create in our program. Um, and it's it's for moments like this. It's because you've got to instill a confidence in your guys that that no matter what happens, you're going to put 11 people on the field and go out there and be successful. And we're fully confident that we're going to continue to do that. Two minutes, 28 seconds, way too long without a Riley Leonard update, please. <laughs> is that, wait, was wait, that a slide question to get one way too long yeah yeah, yeah. let's go what do we got yeah. riley leonard's doing amazing uh he's day to day um he's out running around he's doing the things that you would want him to do a lot quicker than you thought he would and um i think he'll be ready a lot quicker than anyone thinks he will a lot of times you as a coach you know you say i gotta go back and watch the tape i gotta do this i gotta do that what did you think in real time when you saw him bend under the way that he did and it just looked gross yeah, so so fortunately, maybe for me, I didn't have the camera angles that okay, I saw good, afterwards, good. right? Okay. So from my vantage point, I didn't see the nasty bent over that you saw when you went back and watched the TV copy that everyone saw and grimaced off of. And so I think um, considering what the hit looked like, considering what it all looked like, um, I think he feels very blessed that he got away with it the way he did. Tell us a little bit more about Henry Bielen. Uh I know he's eight for eight. That's that's a pretty good number. Good <laughs> yeah. looking kid. You went into the city and got him, though. I mean, th- uh, this feels like uh, I don't expect a whole lot of drop off here, Coach. Yeah. So so Henry's got a big arm. He was actually committed to um, cut and and was the first call that I made after accepting the head job and signing the papers. Um, obviously, because he was a kid that that I thought was really talented, but also because the quarterback is probably the most important position that you bring in. And so um, we were able to get him to sign with us. Um, what was it? Probably four days after I got hired here at Duke. And and you know Henry's been a kid that's been developing and getting better in our program um, from day one. And and he's a kid that we've got a lot of confidence in. He throws the ball really well. Um, you know, he's got a big arm. We actually put him in to throw a hail mary. Uh, in the Northwestern game when Riley was healthy. And so that should say a little bit something about his arm strength and what we believe in. And, and um, yeah, other than, you know, him being a quarterback, making his first start, um, we're very comfortable with, with where this thing can go. Mike Elko joining us, Duke head football coach on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. So the NC State team you're seeing uh, has a new quarterback that's an old quarterback. It's the MJ Morris 2.0. Um I'm assuming you you watch Saturday. You're preparing for this week. What what did you see different out of the Wolfpack with MJ at quarterback that that, that you have to prepare maybe a little bit differently than you would have at, at the beginning of the season with Brennan Armstrong? Yeah, I just think MJ's got a really big arm. I think he's got a lot of arm talent. I think you saw that from the games last year uh, as well. I think you know he can make every throw, and and when he's in rhythm and on and the ball goes exactly where he wants it to go, it looks like a high-level NFL draft pick. Um, I'm sure in in his mind he's still working on the consistency and doing it play in and play out like a lot of young quarterbacks do. But um, obviously you saw a kid who who operated in the throw game um, better than they've been able to at any point this year. What is the secret, quote-unquote, to your defense other than having a really good front? 
Yeah, one of the things we we spent a lot of time on is keeping the other team out of the end zone. And uh, we feel like every time we do that, they don't score a lot of points. But, um, <laughs> that's no, a hey, that strategy, that's, man. No, that's a good strategy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think obviously, listen, we were able to bring back a lot of guys in the defensive front, and that was that was critical. Um, being being who we are and where we are, um, you know, that's really important. When you have really good D linemen and you're able to hold on to them, I think that says a lot about your program. And so that that was great. And then we were able to go out um, and really add some some key pieces in the secondary. I think, um, you know, people talk about us in the transfer portal like we're not doing a ton because we're not uh, really loud and we're not really bringing in mass numbers. But we added three really talented players in the secondary. And I think those three in conjunction with a lot of our returners taking the next elevation, um, I think have really solidified our back end, which I thought was our weakness last year. And so, um, you know, we've been playing really good. We've been playing together. Uh, obviously, that's going to have to ramp up now um, as we look to, to kind of build everything up around the team without Riley. I have two Mike Elko salesman questions for you. Which one would you like first? Uh, All right, let's go. Because Blades, his whole family, Miami, he starts his career at Miami. Well, I watched his dad in New York. Dad, cousin, uncle, you name it. Like, Blade, you you think of, it's like you think of the Plumleys in Duke basketball. Right. You see Plumley, you think Duke basketball. Blades, you think Miami football. What was that sales pitch like to get him? Because I think he has been... Uh, kind of a stabilizer for you and you know how important that position is to have a quarterback back there. Yeah. I think fortunately there was a lot of familiarity um, with, with David Feely and with Ishmael Aristide, our corners coach, both of them had come from Miami. Um, And so there was a little bit of a personal connection that existed. Um, I think he felt as though he was at his physical peak when he was working with Dave um, and wanted to get back to that. Uh, And then we just talked about, I think one of the things that, that we offer to kids and we talk about this all the time is, is you can come here and you can get around a staff that has coached defense at the highest level. You know, two years ago, we had the third best defense in the country. Um, the year before that, a lot of these guys were on the staff with me that had the best defense in the sec. Um, you know, you're not selling, uh, uh, Hey, come here. And, and, you know, we're learning how to coach defense. You know, we've, we've, you know, fortunately been able to coach defense at a really high level for a really long time. And so when you talk about those kids with one year left, just trying to take their game to the next level to get ready for the NFL, I think there's a lot that, that sells on our end from that perspective. See that, Joe? That, that's coaching. That's leadership. Mm-hmm. Never take credit. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Joe would love for you to record something right now. I would. On StreamYard for me. Because, you know, Coach, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Anybody can podcast on a Monday. Anybody. You're just you're just reacting to games, man, right? Like, sure. any, anybody can sit in front of a camera and talk about what they just saw. Tuesdays, though? It's a little harder. Tuesdays, you, you know, you, the coffee just doesn't quite get you there. <laughs> you know, that breakfast um, sandwich from the Raleigh Times doesn't quite hit the same way. I need, I need in your best... Mike Elko, before you send your boys out to play Clemson on Labor Day, I got to know what on earth you told them to get them running out there like their hair was on fire, like the South Section 8 4A jersey title was on the line, man. Your guys played like screaming banshees in that game. So I need to know what you told them, how you got them going. 
Yeah, I, I think I think we spend a lot of time putting chips on our shoulder, and and that's something that we take a lot of pride in here. And that's probably the jersey and me, right? That that you function a lot better in life when you got a chip on your shoulder. And so when you play those historical blue bloods, it's it's real easy. <clears throat> you know, it's it's an entitlement. It's a five star mentality. It's a work ethic that our kids perceive they don't need that we have and and you kind of toil into all of those inner things and and drive into them hey this is your chance to go out there and show what you belong and what you're capable of and this is why we do all of that is why we put in all that work are you a screamer do you practice are you rod brindamore is it just a snappy um i i'm i'm probably more animated than i am on a tuesday podcast okay Um, I think I think I don't act particularly well, so you're not going to get the best of me pregame mode when I'm just hanging with you guys. On the right, it's, it's the right mindset. Got to be in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. but you know, there's there's thought that goes into it, but I think most people would tell you that my pregame conversations are fairly genuine. Um, that there's not a lot of you know shtick. Um, I'm not a big shtick guy. Um, I just kind of speak what's on my mind and speak what's in my heart, and, and usually the decibel elevates with each sentence. And and by the end of it, we've put something good together to go out and play football. All right. I'm with you on that. All I'm hearing is that the Jersey isn't all that strong in Gilio. If he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder to prove me wrong <laughs> on a right. Tuesday. Well, I mean, some look, people, Gilio some people were born on third base, you know, and when you're born on third base, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I literally, I realize I still have the name tag on from the NC State Fair Food Media Day. All right. Yeah. Like, well, I, it's, I, it's I, no I, doubt who you're rooting for. You're probably on. I'm probably on with you guys with some type of backdoor messaging to steal some of the game plan. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was simply making the point that I just powered through all this fried food to be here, ready to go, be hype. And Julio's still on, still struggling, man. That's, I just find that kind of funny. Anyway, struggles, real coach. <laughs> have you been? By the way, have you have you been to the uh, the state fair yet? I have not. I have not. Unfortunately, it keeps popping up in the middle of this football right. season where I, I generally have some things going on. And then in an open week, you don't have time to just go and fool around, right? Like, what did you do? No, on I will tell you this though, just just in a, in a moment of pure honesty, okay. did get a chance to sneak into Raleigh Thursday night for the Zach Brown Band concert oh, with nice. my wife, and so nice. that was uh, that was my one uh, little night to kind of get away a little bit, which was good. And one other thing too, you know, given the week leading up to the game with game day there and everything else, I've always found this fascinating because coaches and coaches in particular are about routine. I, I know you love routine. So on one hand, how do you balance this incredible opportunity of having game day show up to campus for the first time ever while also trying to prepare for a huge game along with all the obligations that go along with it? I think you had done like a Pat McAfee uh, hit. You had done a game day segment, all that kind of stuff. So how did you balance all of that with also still preparing? Yeah, I think I'm probably as much as I do like the comfort of the routine. I think I, I am a little bit more flexible in, in my thinking and my way of going about things. So obviously that was a tremendous opportunity for us and, and for the nation to have a spotlight on Duke and specifically Duke football, maybe for the first time ever to that level. Um, you know, those are things that, that you can't miss the opportunity to do, right? You can't miss getting on with Pat. You can't miss doing a hit on game day. You can't miss firing up the crowd. Like those are things that, 
when you're talking about trying to elevate brand recognition, um, those are opportunities as the CEO of Duke that you have to take advantage of. And so um, I don't know that I saw any of it as a burden. I think you just try to, what we try to do is front load the week, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's probably a part of what you do every week, but, but even more so knowing what the back end of that week was going to look like was, um, you know, maybe spend a little bit of extra time earlier, get in a little bit earlier, um, and make sure that at the beginning of the week, you really get the majority of your work done almost like you would for a bowl game. Cause you know, at the end of it, there's going to be stuff that you have to do and you can't miss out those opportunities. I totally believe you that you don't practice the pregame speech. I am curious though. Do you practice your stock answer now for when people ask you about other jobs? Cause when you have the success that you've had, you're going to see your name out there. Connected to a lot of them already with uh, the Michigan State one. So have you have you worked on what your stock answer is going to be when when you're asked about such things? Yeah, it's the same stock answer I've been using probably for the last seven years of my life. Is is in football coaching, you're one of two things: you're leaving because you're doing a good job, or you're getting fired because you're doing a bad one. And I think I've been rumored to be leaving the job I'm in pretty much every day of my life for the last seven years. And so <laughs> for the right reason, though. Whatever. Some days it's the wrong reason. Depends on which Saturday. Depends on which Saturday you pick it up. I think right after the fourth and sixteen call, I think everyone in the Duke fan base wanted me to leave. So um, no, I just it comes with coaching, right? And, it, and it's just the reality of it. And I know it's it's great for people to speculate, and you guys have a blast doing all of that stuff. But that's really not for me. It's not anything that I'm about. It's not anything I pay any attention to. Now that you bring it up, and and you've, and you've watched it, what? I mean, I, I thought Sam Hartman made a nice play. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do on 4th yeah. and 16? I'm curious. Yeah, you know, not what we did because it didn't work. And that's 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 something like I, I think one of the things that that is important for people and for fans to recognize is nobody beats themselves up more about a call that doesn't work than the person who made the call. Um, you know, and so when something like that happens, you think about everything you could have done differently. But, you know, in the moment, all you can do is the call that you think is the best one. And, and I don't know that I would have changed it um, or didn't think it was the best one even coming out of the game. But, um, you know, you certainly self-evaluate and reevaluate everything you possibly do. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, great players make plays. And, and Sam made a great play. And, and unfortunately, he got 17. And I wish he'd have got 14. <laughs> Mike Kelko, head coach Duke football. We appreciate the time as always. Good to catch up and we'll talk to you later in the season. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. I'm still waiting for our baseball stars match. Uh, I still have the TV ready to go. In the off season that is still on the docket. Okay. I talked to art about that and I am, I am ready. I have the game just so you know, I have the game. I got to practice. And I have the Nintendo system. We just have to figure out when we do it. So this sounds a lot like this. This sounds a lot like late January content. If you're not. That's on the- that's, uh, that's a good timing. January, February during the dead period. That seems to fit really well. All right. Well, we got you on record. We're going to make this happen. Which also, you guys. which also means you're going to be at Duke. So yeah. we will talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Big thanks to Mike Elko for hanging out with us and big thanks to home. The, by the way, the, the Jersey really comes out of you when we talk to Elko. It's very, very funny. 
he's Jersey, man. He's he is Jersey. Different part of Jersey from you, though. I know that matters know. for a lot of folks. It does. Sometimes you're a little bit more New York Jersey. Sometimes you're a little bit more Philly Jersey. He probably calls it pork roll, but okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll forgive him for that. That's fair. That's things. fair. Big thanks because to home, he enjoys our nonsense. Big thanks to Homefield. Uh, check him out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. Customer service is important too. I know we had a listener who had ordered an ECU hoodie. And it was a little bit delayed. Homefield was right on it. They tagged Homefield on Instagram. Homefield's like, hey, we hear you. We'll get this resolved. Uh, it's Look, it's a small company. They make great stuff. And they're on it. If you've got any issues, they'll absolutely take care of it. So good on them. So you can use that promo code OG23. Uh, they just dropped some Campbell Camel stuff. They got some Duke stuff as well, which is always great. I think they dropped the new NC State ringer tee a couple of weeks ago. That was pretty interesting. They got new Hitchhiker. stuff all the time. They got new stuff all the time. Their website's easy to use. You know, their, their app is easy to use too. You know, that's an, what I use. I use the app actually. You know, another website that's easy to use? Hometown Realty. MyHTR.com. Buy. There's a button. Sell. There's a button. Mortgage calculator. They got that all worked out for you. And home, speaking of easy process, home buying can be stressful, man. Yeah. It, it, and selling a home can be stressful, which is why you need experts to guide you through it. And not take less than what you know you can get for that house. That's all key. And that's what Hometown Realty could do for you. From my man, Barry Woodard, who's got six locations and more than 250 agents. 21 years of local expertise. Serving the triangle from the triangle to the coast. Listen, they've got professional brokers who can help you navigate the up and down market. Assist with incentives offered in the best approach to obtain the best mortgage at the lowest rates. So, pressing your home to maximize your equity and they're offering resources to enhance specific marketing. Barry is on this thing. No kidding. I'm not sure I understood all of that. But you know what? They but do. I, but I, they do. They do. That's and the if you go to myhtr.com, <laughs> I understand how to use their website. Also, thanks to Butcher's Market. Uh, this is really simple. Oh, Food, man. delicious. Oh, man. All the goodies. Signature steak tips, delicious. Uh, maybe you're not interested in straight up red meat. No big deal because they got chicken. They actually have, I told you about those portobello mushroom caps stuffed mm-hmm. with the spinach dip. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love that. So big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovia's Angel. The Carolina Hurricanes are back in action tomorrow. They're opening up the season. And like I said, we're going to be at Breeze through 2 o'clock live on YouTube tomorrow ahead of the season opener. And as the Canes are getting ready to start their season, they're ramping up their social media. It's almost here. They brought Mike Krzyzewski to the building, Joe. I saw that. Yeah, this was on social media. Champion, competitor, Hall of Famer. Thanks to Coach K for speaking to the boys ahead of opening night. Uh, Do you think Seth Jarvis was hyped for this? I hope so. Because remember, when we talked to Seth Jarvis last week, he he grew up watching, as he put it, a disgusting amount of college (laughs) athletics, both football and basketball, because of his parents. And he watched a lot of Dukes. So Dukes is team for basketball. Once he stayed is for football. So you think Seth Jarvis was hype about that? We're going to have to ask him about that. Yeah, we are going to have to ask him about that. I also thought this was, you know, again, they put the video out and you will see Seth Jarvis looking like, oh, Coach K is here, right? So here's the video. And here, it's the slow-mo. He's showing up. He's, he's, uh, he's saying hi to Don Waddell. Shout out to John Jackson. And they're walking through the building. Now, here's what I find funny about this. Okay. Coach K. How many times do you think Coach K's been in that building? On the concourse? On the concourse. Zero. 
So do you think the, this is like his first legit time walking on the concourse? Yes. Because he's never done the siren, right? No. He's never done the siren. <laughs> no. Other Duke people have done John the siren. John Shire's done the siren. Yeah, he got booed out of the building. He's never been that, right? So anyway, so he's You know, he's hype about that. Now he's in the in the in the lower levels, which I'm sure he's walking through. He's, he's scary. Lower the class yeah. 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 They walk in. Now, the 23 years that I've been here, I've, I've watched this guy from afar and have been admired at what he's been able to do. And I just want to bring him up here. Thank you. I know you guys got some questions, but we'll let those take. Yeah, thank you all. Really, really appreciate it. You guys. There's Scott. Uh, he's he's getting you guys. He's so giddy in that. Now, what I found funny were some of the responses to Coach K speaking to the Canes. Phil, who's a listener, unacceptable. <laughs> oh, well, that's one of Mike's signatures, though. Verve, unacceptable. I know. I know. When, again, the, the, the tweet was, when Coach K speaks, we listen. And one of the comments was, and with the expectation of winning this whole damn thing, Coach K got to like that. But there were other people that were saying, like, well, if you want somebody to tell you about winning, why didn't you get Roy Williams? As though a guy who's won five national championships doesn't know that. But that's what makes this area great. Coach K did talk about it in the speech uh, that he makes it an absolute great point. You unify this area. That's what you do. Yeah. You bring Canes. everybody together, the Canes, which is why I understood, even though we kind of chuckled at it during the stadium series, there were people that were like, but what about our representation? Why is this a big PR campaign for NC State? Let's set aside for the fact that it's their freaking stadium. But I understood why fans of North Carolina, fans of Duke were looking at that going, well, wait a minute. I'm not a state fan. I'm a Canes fan. Maybe this should encompass the entire area. And Coach K makes that point in giving that speech. Hey, this is a group that unifies everybody. And that was pretty cool to see. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, our friend, Abby Labar. She's all over the place these days. FTN. MSG, and she's going to be working sideline for ESPN as App State and Coastal Carolina going to be taking the field. Abby, what up? Hey, guys. Long time no see. I know it has been a while. It's so been a little bit. Let's actually talk about the gambling aspect with the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. Are they are they the odds-on favorite last time I checked? Yeah, there's actually a couple sports boats have them at like plus 750. I think that's the lowest number that I was seeing. I think about like plus 900, 10 to 1 odds is probably... It's but it's teetering. They're teetering right there. It's like them in the avalanche. It depends on which book you look at. Uh, yeah, they are the favorite. So I actually you know what I got? I got some Canes fans all fired up recently because when I was in Vegas, I actually put money on the devils. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, what? I know. And you know what's funny? This is before I moved to New York. This is before I started doing some things for the devils. This was totally like unplanned. I was like, you know what? I'm liking the devils. I like the odds. It's early enough. Like I'm in Joe, Vegas. Joe is making so many faces right now. <laughs> Wait, what did they do that you're thinking they're going to. No, it was like right. At, it was like right at the end of the season and it was before like free agency. So it was a pretty early. Okay. Like I, I kind of was like, what are they going to do? They had a lot of the pieces. They didn't have to do a lot besides like the goaltending aspect. Right. Uh, but I like, like I, I like the young, they remind me a lot of the hurricanes a couple of years ago. And so I feel like with how last season went for them, that's where I was like, you know what? I can buy into this because I saw like how the hurricanes, young guys really like bought in after they 
got to a certain round in the playoffs and they were like, Hey, we can actually, we can do this thing. Like, yes, we're young. Yes. We're inexperienced, but like, look how far we got. And it just says something I think too, to, to how these younger guys play with like an extra boost of confidence and an edge knowing that they have been able to kind of do it. So yeah, I was like, okay, let's go. I'll buy into the devils here. I don't even know if that's a good number. 750. Is that a good number or not for the, yeah, game? it's, I, I mean, so I'm not, so what you're telling me, Joe, is that I should not drive to Virginia and put money down on the Canes right now. Not really getting good money on that. The problem with the Canes, and, and we could talk about this with Abby right here. Sure. She knows now. The problem with futures is you want the best possible number, right? Okay, yeah. And what do we know yeah. about the Canes? They're going to dominate during the regular season. Of course. Of course. Exactly. So if it's starting right now at 750, it's not going to improve okay. because you yeah. know they're going to be good in the regular season. What you really want is like something like the Panthers last year where all of a sudden you're like, this team is not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you get him at like 50, 100, to 1, whatever it could yeah. be. And then all, now all of a sudden you have a ticket in the Stanley Cup Finals. And you're like, look at this. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> exactly. Right? Like I have before. I, I told you the Canes are the 49ers. The 49ers have been knocking oh, on the door. Yeah. Okay. And I got a 9 to 1 Niners ticket that I'm, I'm happy about. It's already down to 5 to 1. So I can get behind they're it. They're dominating. Yeah. Right. You're gonna want to do. You're gonna want to do the plus nine hundred, even if you're seeing plus seven fifty. Like you're getting more money at the plus nine hundred. So like really, sure. when you talk about good numbers, it's like, well, you're wanting to take the one that's gonna be. What are you? What's your return on it? Um, but the plus seven fifty is essentially to say like this is where some books have them like as the favorite. Like that's a low number. That's a pretty high favorite for a future when you're talking about like we're still this far away from the cup final. So I think it's the same. It's the same story with the hurricanes. Like. Mm. It really is. And I think, again, it's ultimately going to be like the same. Yes, they made certain moves this offseason, but it's always going to come down to goaltending. Is everyone going to be healthy? Like, are they going to have that same grit? You know, it's it's the same thing. And credit, though, to Rod Brindamore, like he he's sticking with the system. He keeps the core guys like eventually the other shoe's going to fall. And. Well, I guess in a good, I don't know if that's the right terminology. To your but you point, know what I'm saying? Like, eventually, it's all going to work out for them. Is this the year? Well, sure. if everybody stays healthy, let's hope that it is. Because that's exactly. that's ultimately what we keep coming back to with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. What would the postseason have looked like had everybody been healthy over the last couple of years? You cannot plan for those types of things. That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. My concern for the Carolina Hurricanes, we see this every so often, or we've seen this a little bit with the team in that it's a grind and you can get bored and you can find yourself in the swoon there a little bit. And that's always my, that's when you get the ticket when the swoon well, happens. It's, when the swoon it's happens. the way they play too. Like that, yeah. the, the style they play is a, like kind of aggressive and mm-hmm. boring sometimes, not necessarily <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they're not scoring 25 goals. It's like it's bad for ratings. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> it's almost like there's a, there's a hoodie that you can buy from breaking tea.com uh, related to those types of things. So Abby, now that you're into this, uh, into this, into the futures and odds and everything else, did, what were the odds of your first sideline gig for college football being App State versus Coastal Carolina? Did you have those odds? I would say hundred to one. That's it. That's. I would have, should I go higher? I would have higher. a lot higher. Should I go higher? <laughs> we should have gone higher on that one. Yeah, um, yeah I probably should have. Yeah, probably. But um, no, I'm I'm pumped, guys. Like, it's you know, it's I love being back in North Carolina. Has been great. I grew up an hour and a half from here. I always say the Charlotte area, but um, it's called Denver, North Carolina. For those who don't know, mm-hmm. very small town. So there's not much to do in Denver. You're either driving 45 minutes to Charlotte 
or you're driving 45 minutes to Hickory. And more of my friends were, um, you know, country. Let's just say I had a camo steering wheel cover for a little bit. And so I was always driving west. And so I did spend a lot of time. I actually thought I wanted to go to App State for a second. I spent a lot of time in Boone in high school. Um, I think I even dated a guy that like ran track. All right. I, was, I, I haven't gotten over the, pet, the the fact that you had a camo steering wheel at one point in time. Yeah, it was pink, pink camo. I, I actually one time, one time in my life, I did have a Southern accent too. And then I was like, I want to do this TV thing. And then I kind of had to get rid of it a little bit. Raleigh helped some. You're not the first person to tell me that. Uh, Shout out to Jeff Bradley. They would not put Jeff Bradley on television until he got rid of that Oxford, Eastern North Carolina accent. The the biggest thing he did was they allowed him to leave the voicemail message for the greeting for the newsroom. And they would not let him on television until he got rid of that thing. So I, I understand where you're coming from on that one. All right, so real yeah. quick about tonight's game. Uh, shout out to Paul Beam. He was a former Carolina band member who had tweeted out earlier this year that App State hasn't played a normal game in September ever. Okay. It's insane. So they had App State yet had another one of those Septembers. Things seem to be calming down. Where are the Mountaineers right now? Yeah, Coach Clark literally said that yesterday. Let me just say, first of all, like talk about a head coach that's just so like, humble down to earth. Like he's a pure football guy, but he's just very like, so welcoming. We, we really enjoyed our meeting with him yesterday. And, um, he literally was like, this is app state football in September. And he was laughing about it. Like at this point it's like, and he's like, in a part of him is like, you know what, this is also great. Like this is college football. Like as tough as it's been for us, like we are doing all the right things. Like the Wyoming game, the statistics of that happening are insane and he and he's like i'm a buy the book guy so like i know all the scenarios i know the situational like circumstances and what i'm supposed to do as a coach and like you're looking at all of that and he's like and i'm going by the book and then something like that happens and it's just like he's like that's college football and it really is and i think it it lightens things up a little bit um you know, it, they are a good program their quarterback uh they really like there was a big quarterback battle in the offseason um, and the guy that actually won was the the freshman that got sidelined in the first game. So then they ran with the California Juco kid, um, Joey Aguilar, and mm-hmm. he's just been, um, I think, a blessing for the program that they, they really have bought into him. And so, you know, that you look at their numbers, you look at how they're playing. They went toe to toe with UNC. Uh, they dominated ECU. And that's what the defensive coordinator was telling us yesterday. He's like, I was driving to the, the stadium and I'm trying to think of like, what am I going to talk to my the guys about tonight, like, what's my message going to be? And he's like, you know, last game, I actually wasn't happy with it. And despite how all the endings have been, um, whether it's a win or a loss and, and how crazy it's been, like, I, I feel like we've really played super well. And I want my guys to understand that, like, forget the outcomes and all the, the wildness that's happened. Like we are a good football team, especially the defense, like we're a really good defensive group and we need to lean on that and look at that perspective and try to not allow everything else. But it brings you together as a team. I mean, like you talk about the resiliency and all the the classics that come with that. But I'll tell you what, it's been entertaining. And Coastal Carolina's kind of dealt with they haven't dealt with the the crazy endings, but no. they've been a good team as well statistically, but they're shooting themselves in the foot. So they're like one in five in field goals which is crazy. And then, you know, their turnover margin is like negative. It's not great. And so that's kind of been talking with coach Beck, like 
it's like, hey, we're also a good team. It's mm-hmm. just like we like unfortunate circumstances have happened to us. And so I think tonight we're going to see two really like well-coached programs and two teams that have a lot of guys that play for each other. Um, and so I think it's going to be fun. I'm like, is there going to be there? I honestly would not surprise me if this thing went into like double overtime or we had some crazy ending as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that gets everyone excited for it. I, I, yesterday, Joe revealed his epiphany about how <laughs> TV people <laughs> People, people like you get you. more information than like me. me? No. Yeah. Joe, thought, I, Joe always thought, like, I'm getting all this information. And he's realizing, wait a minute, the TV people are getting all this information. Is that true, Abby? You get more information than Joe? Is that what we're finding out? I don't know. Joe gets some pretty good information. <laughs> Say. There was okay. some information that you did miss, though, that I'm not sure how you missed. But anyways, I, <laughs> I think, I mean, we get the coaches meetings are really good. The coaches yeah. meetings, I, we do get a lot of really good information. Um, I mean, we're not like, can't share it all. Like you share right. it, right? Right. You're yeah. like, I don't care. I'm going to talk about this. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, you're in a different position. So that makes no, sense. We get a cool thing. I mean, they're all like, especially, especially teams like this, like you're talking about the Sunbelt conference, like they're really selling their program and yeah. you're playing you know, night football, Abby. You got to somehow, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Well, that so makes- you really, you know, they're, they're really pulling out all the stops and you really get to know them. And no, I I was, I I enjoyed yesterday. Frank Ponce is also, um, he was fun to talk to as well. Well, it's good to catch up and we'll talk to you uh, once we get into uh, the middle of the cane season for sure. uh, Cause we got to check in on some more, more gambling stuff. Well, what's funny is when I saw saw you were doing stuff with FTN, I immediately (laughs) told Joe, I'm like, Oh man, now, like I could just kick back and you and Abby are just yeah. going to go back and forth on what's good and what's not and lines. And I'll just like go from there. It's so funny. Cause like I do all these like videos and I put together these, um, like best bets and stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually, a lot of them, I actually don't put, cause now I, before I was doing it from Florida and I couldn't bet. Well, yeah. now I'm in New York, I can bet. And so like, I kind of wasn't really putting money on the ones that I was like publicly posting. And I was like right. hitting all of those. I'm like, what am I doing? And now I'm like, so now I like kind of teeter the bets that I actually play are not always the ones that I post. Yeah, I'm like, wait a second, something's <laughs> off here. Like I need, yep. I need to lock totally it. Transformed. I'm not taking my own advice. Yeah. <laughs> It's a beautiful place to be. All right, Abby. It's good to catch up. Glad to see you back on TV. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Okay. You snacking there, bro? I am. (laughs) Hungry. (laughs) Do you have breakfast? I did, but I I have breakfast at like five o'clock. Yeah, your sleep patterns still confuse the hell out of me. Then again, I'm not a breakfast person. I don't really do breakfast. I have coffee and I just kind of keep, keep it moving. I know. I know. Mosquito authority, pest authority, <laughs> hit them up. Bugsbite.com. Mosquito authority actually came to my house last week. Really key. Customer service always matters. And they're not just showing up spraying and getting the hell out of there as quickly as possible. They ring the doorbell. They knock on the door and say, Hey, what are the areas of concern? Anything that we should be looking at? And I always appreciate that because I remind them, ah, yes, my house, Got to cross a bridge, a little fire pit area where we talked to Spash Naho. That needs some spray. And they're like, cool, got it. And then they keep it moving. I appreciate that about Mosquito Authority, Joe. Here's what else you should appreciate. Go to bugsbite.com, punch in your zip code. You're going to get a bunch of offers, ways to save money. Because Hayes Lancaster believes in his work. 
doesn't believe in contracts, but he does believe in deals. So go to bugsbite.com and you'll see all of those deals right there for ways to you to save money on your mosquito season package for 2024. Also, big thanks to Matt Davis at State Farm. Check him out online at insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com, or give him a call directly at 919-779-8277. I forgot the person uh, from the OG Golf Classic, but they said they had gone over to Matt Davis and saved some money. Already? Already. Saving saving folks money. It's that simple. So just hit him up right now. Yeah, give him a call, 919-779-8277. We've got the Ring of Fire coming up, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll uh, get some insurance just to make sure. And I know your stomach's fine, but you know how I can get. Dude, after the NC State Fair Media Day, I'm not so sure. Taking some breaks. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, it's Andrew Carter, News and Observer. I just realized, Andrew, you're literally down the street from us. Did you not know where our studio was? I did, no, I didn't. Uh, you guys don't have the flashing neon sign up yet. I mean, downtown, we do have right? our names on the glass in I front assume of the that's door. Kind of, uh, okay. okay. I mean, saying, there, is, there is a building not far from here that has News and Observer on it, I think, the, still. It does. <laughs> it does. We're right across the street from it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that has not been accurate in about uh, four or five years, I think. And I guess the reason why I'm a little... I'm a little annoyed that you didn't come and visit us is because I know you get out and about. I know if you really want to do something, Andrew, you will go track down that person. We're easier to find than Randy Woodson. For I mean, sure. seriously. All right. So you wrote about this news and observer, Randy Woodson, chancellor at NC state, the guy who ultimately makes the decision for things like, huh, who wants to expand the ACC? Should we give invites to Stanford, Cal and SMU? It's been widely reported that NC State was the school that flipped. Randy flipped. But we haven't been given an explanation as to why they flipped. So what have you been stalking Randy Woodson? <laughs> Not entirely. I should okay. say and preface this that, uh, you know, Luke DeCock, our columnist, was there. He goes to every centennial authority meeting at PNC. Of course, Woodson has to attend those given the ties between uh, NC State and PNC and the Hurricanes. And so Luke texted me that day and said, Hey, Randy's here. I'm in the meeting. I'll try to make a go at him, but might be good if maybe we have somebody outside. Uh, and so Randy's MO at these things, uh, and Brian Murphy, you guys have talked to a bunch, uh, over at RAL. Um, you know, he's made a go of it pretty much every time he's been diligent. And Brian got Boo Corrigan recently at a faculty athletics committee meeting that, I, you know, I've been going to all these meetings the past couple of months, and that was the one I missed. <laughs> and and Boo talks, uh, you know, so that, that was funny how that went. Um, but, yeah, Luke texted me, wound up waiting outside. Randy normally skirts by questions and tries to rush out as quickly as he can. Uh, and I was waiting for him. Um, you know, I think it's important for a person in his position you know, the leader of the largest uh, public school in the state, at least the largest ACC public school in the state, casting the vote that ultimately decided things. And, yeah, some people have made the point that, oh, every vote counts equally. Why not track down Nina King uh, at Duke? Why not track down other folks? I mean, it's because, like, NC State played a pivotal role in this, and that's been well documented. It doesn't happen unless NC State changes its mind about expansion. Um, and so I think Randy should address it. I, th- I think he owes people. I think he owes alumni. I think he owes 
uh, the athletes who are going to be affected by this at NC State. Uh, again, it's a public school. He gets paid a lot of money to make difficult decisions and answer tough questions. And so that was the reasoning behind being out there in the hallway trying to give him the opportunity to talk. I've tried so many times with Randy. Like, <laughs> it was like an inception moment for I me. I know you have for sure over the years. Yeah, I mean, and the only thing that rankles me is when people, are, like you said, like, oh, go talk to Duke or Wake Forest. Duke and Wake Forest, as private schools, have every right to tell us, go pound salt. Yeah, I do not think North Carolina and NC State have that right. I think they have. The, North they Car- should be held accountable. And North Carolina has at least been. And I mean, they put out statements. As for having Andrew sake. wrote in his story, yes, North Carolina has explained their stance. It, it would be perfectly acceptable for NC State and Randy Woodson as the leader of NC State to explain his stance. This is the same query I had when he voted for Mark Emmert's contract extension as the president of the NCAA. Why? Why are you? Why did you vote for this guy who's clearly? an inept leader yep. and he never, he still has never answered the question why he voted for Mark Emmert. So this is par for the course for Randy Woodson and good for you for, for trying to get an answer out of him. And it makes me say, you know, I'm sure it's not like some huge nefarious behind the scenes plot. Maybe it is <laughs> uh, insert evil laugh here. Um, but it does make you wonder like what really went down. Like the, mm-hmm. the more he doesn't want to talk about it, to me, like the more suspicious I get, the more it's like, what are you hiding? And well, I think that's, me, that's sort of a natural reaction. Let me, let, me, let me put it like this then, because typically, and I'll go back to our conversations with Holden Thorpe, former chancellor at North Carolina. These guys are, there's a lot on their plate. Sure. All right. And typically they are the ones who are presented with the information and then ultimately they're going to make the decision. And I feel like in these situations, and maybe it's an NC State problem for whatever reason. And I don't know, maybe it's because NC State, well, shout out to the technician, Andrew, and student media authority. You know, it's not like NC State has an entire school that, you know, teaches this kind of stuff. And I feel like NC State's problems would ultimately be resolved if they just had somebody who was in the room telling them, hey, here's how we should message these things. Maybe Randy Woodson well, doesn't. Is, there is someone telling him that. They're telling him to shut up. Right. Is, but that's not. <laughs> that's their strategy. But, but the strategy should have a little bit more finesse is what I'm getting at. Because there's other places that can tell you, yeah, no, we're not talking with a little bit more finesse. We've all been doing this long enough to know when we've been told to go kick rocks. But in a much more polite, bless your heart sort of way, not an antagonistic like. Well, I'm not talking. Well, you're only making it look worse in the grand scheme of things when you go about it this way. Maybe I'm off base, Andrew, but I feel like if Randy Woodson gave you a much more polished PR answer, you would not be so intrigued as to why he's not answering. Probably. Yeah, I think I think the way you say things sometimes counts, uh, you know, maybe not as much as what you're saying, but it counts to a large degree. And uh, certainly I think it was uh, a clumsy poor moment from him mm-hmm. like you you expect more from a guy in his position um than just sort of clamming up and no, even better even better he gave you my favorite answer <laughs> the acc will will provide they, they're supposed to be the ones providing the talking points and every single time every single time in in the last 25 years andrews how many times has amy yakola told you we're just doing what the schools want us oh, to man, do yeah like it, don't we don't make any decisions. The ACC doesn't make any decisions. It's all about the schools. Right. And now here's Randy saying to you, 
goes, we didn't make any of this. This is a from the ACC. That's yeah, it's ludicrous. And then, oh, you know, you go, you yeah. go in these circles and I called Amy and Amy and I had like a long talk um, about this. And obviously the ACC provided these schools, these talking points. Talking points. Yeah. yeah, we saw um, this Matt Brown over at talking points. I put that in the newsletter and it's all very basic boilerplate talking point stuff. Yeah, but it's like you have an obligation to go beyond that if you're mm-hmm. Randy Woodson. Like you can't just expect to make this huge move and decision and cast this vote and put out a statement and that's it. Like that's absurd. Like he should know better that, hey, eventually I'm going to have to explain myself. Um, and to me, this is not going away. Yeah. You know, this isn't this isn't something that you handle once you know, in terms of making the vote. And then the story just dies. I think Randy is going away, though. He, he has either made it public or semi-public or soft opening public that he's retiring within the next two years. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's I, like, I think you know that's what? part of it too. <laughs> which then gets to the thing, which gets to our final point here. Maybe within the year. Maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. He, he has had a public timetable of when, because remember when he gave a bunch of money to the school? Yeah. He had said that in there, there was like a timetable of when he was actually going to mm-hmm. retire from the position. Like he'd, he, you know, I think he even said like, I will have been there you know, 10 years and I'll do all the work that I've done and it's time to hand it off to a new leadership. And I, I think we're, I think he is at the end of his period, not like in a controversial or bad way. Like, Hey, he's saying this is the end for me. This is the decision. I'll let somebody else handle it. Maybe that's, maybe that's the way he's thinking of it. I'm I'm not sure. And Andrew, we'll, we'll close on this. Won't we get the final answer as to why this happened? If NC state gets voted into the AAU, the American or the, whatever the, American Association of Universities. Universities. I always forget what it's called. Um, but this yeah. is that for guys like Randy Woodson, for chancellors, for academics, this is a big deal for universities. I, I get that sports for us is a bigger deal, but for guys like Randy Woodson and where NC State wants to go and growing as a university, that is somewhere they want to go. That's huge for a research institution. And again, this gets into speculation, but when we don't get any answers, all we're left with is to speculate. That wouldn't it make sense you flip if you get assurances from AAU members like Cal and Stanford that, yeah, we got your back. And when NC State may or may not get into the AAU, maybe that's when we finally get our answer. They let Arizona State into the AAU. Right. Yeah, on. if you look at some of these schools that are in the AAU, it's becoming it. it's becoming less of a, uh, a select club, totally- if, if, if you will. Arizona um, State's like the porn capital <laughs> of college universities. Come on, man. we're not known for anything else. And why is Mark Alfred coaching? <laughs> you can say that. I can't say that as a member of the NNO. You, you guys can. You guys just get loose now. That's right. We could do what, well. We got loose before, Andrew. Let's be real. Come on. But not. But yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, you know, but. I, you know, I think there could be some other aspects of this in terms of. Okay. I think it's just association. A, I think it's just a short term hey there's a little bit more money involved for us that helps us like i don't think you keep saying this aau thing i think like, there's something to it cares? you who don't cares? care joe joe but I'm, you don't care well, about presidents it. do care I think that you yeah. don't care about it but these yeah. guys do man just like i care about certain if they things. cared about it they would have tried to have done it before now well do you, you don't think they have been i don't know what they do they don't tell you what they do well there is that too <laughs> there is that too all right andrew we know you gotta go man uh um, you got enjoyed it you got some field hockey breakdowns to do. I'm very excited about that. So we'll talk to you later, man. All right, man. We'll see y'all. Next topic, please. Hanging out in studio with us, unlike Andrew Carter, who's literally down the street. 
Steve Wiseman apparently can come down the street and hang out with us. What up, Steve? I well, like the I like the in person thing. Older, there. smarter, you know. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's experience but, but, coming no, through. But but Skinny's got his way. There's nothing wrong with Skinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, Ohio State fans have a way about them too, and they have a problem with me. Yes. What did you do, Steve? <laughs> I when Oklahoma beat Texas. Remember, I had Texas third last week. Yeah. I put Oklahoma third. Okay. And I didn't move Ohio State up. Oh. <gasps> After dare they you. beat. An undefeated team by 20 points. Oh, Maryland. Oh, but, okay, uh, okay so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. You got some emails. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is from a guy named Bert. <laughs> that is why Coach Day went on an Ohio State against the world rant. They beat a good, undefeated Big Ten team by 20 points, covered the spread, <clears throat> as well. we know that's important, and you move a team that wasn't in the top 10 to number three ahead of them? What's up with that? Ohio State against the world, Steve. Yes, yes. Here, oh, this is a long one. Goodness yeah, gracious. We, well, okay, we don't about, have time for all that one. About the 20 points, though. Let's get to that real quick. Yeah. At some point, don't we have to have an honest conversation about what Ohio State is? It's going to bite them in the ass. They were fortunate to beat Notre Dame. Yes. That yes. was Marcus Freeman, time and place. Right. Like, hey, man, you got to... Like, Marcus Freeman's probably happy with Mario Cristobal going, oh, man, I'm off the hook <laughs> for one of the more boneheaded decisions in this college football season. But... Ohio State under Ryan Day has a pattern. They play with their food for the first half, and then the second half comes around, and then they start to put the hammer down, which is cool, but that's ultimately what bites them in the ass in the end. If we see this tendency, that doesn't make you one of the best teams in the country, in my opinion. That's right. And, uh, you know, again, we can go back to Maryland, too. Like, they're, they were unranked for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. I saw them have to mess around in the fourth quarter to beat Virginia. Right on a Friday night a few weeks ago. Right, right, not, right. Not good. Not a good look. Um, but yeah, Ohio State. Yes, they, they win. They won by twenty. They covered, but they weren't. They were great in that mm-hmm. game. They haven't been. They played Indiana earlier. Kind of the same thing. So um, and then also Oklahoma. If we talk about that, they beat Texas. Texas has wins over Alabama and Kansas, two other ranked teams. So that's a pretty impressive win to me. And I've been kind of slow on the on the Oklahoma train. Like I didn't hop on early. As I had been like be. yeah. 19th or 20th. And then, okay, then they won. Okay, then I'm up to like 11th or 10th. And then, okay, boom. Now they're here. So now we'll see what what they do from this point forward. We still don't have enough data. Like, well, why are these? I guess I, I understand they're fans. They're fans. And they're from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Ohio State and Auburn and Florida, always the three worst schools to deal with. Um, but Ohio State gets to play Penn State. They get to play Michigan. You got your chance. Doesn't matter what and, and Steve Wiseman thinks. Like seriously. Yep. Like, and that was my wait. answer. That was my answer. Yeah, man. Like you got hey. plenty of chances here. Let's That's just right. simmer. Yeah, there was uh, there was another email here from I am. This is from a guy named Bill that you got, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing lots of biased decisions in yours and other voters yes. when it comes to the SEC. Mm-hmm. They can have close games and no punishment. Texas should still be one above OU or one below. Uh, excuse me. You you do have to. Account for who won, right? Yeah, that's. I'll never uh, understand that. Yeah, I can't. I can't like in a head-to-head matchup like that. I don't care if it was a close game or not. Not One team won, and there has to be a consequence, right? For that, okay. It's different if one team has three losses, the other has one loss now, and you. but we're not at that point of the season yet. Here's, I think, Bill gets to the heart of the issue. Yeah, I've been seeing seeing this in as a recurring theme when it comes to Michigan specifically. Bill writes. Michigan is being rewarded way too much for their weak schedule, not a top four team. Joe, you're high on Michigan. I've seen people going in on this on the YouTube and whatnot. In fact, that ding that you just heard is another YouTube. I'm not making this up. That is another YouTube comment about your Michigan take, Joe. 
I think, right. I think Michigan's going to win the national championship. I think they're the best team in college football. But you do have to account for their schedule and who exactly they've they, beaten. They, they haven't beaten anybody in three years. Well, there is that. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, there is that. that's part of it. Okay. Your path is part of it. And how you absolutely beat the dog shit out of teams is part of it, too. <laughs> like, Ohio State is like, oh, hey, like, Notre Dame. Notre Dame just lost to Louisville. Louisville beat Notre Dame at their own game. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if Ohio State had did that to Notre Dame, I'd be like, yeah, man, cool. Ohio State, awesome. Great job. Good work. That's not what happened, though. And that's another point I brought out, too, was that win over Notre Dame looks worse, not better, than it did yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, so. that's fair. Don't be that, mad about fair. Steve. Be mad that he still has Georgia number one. Because <laughs> you beat Devin <laughs> they Leary? Finally, like, they on. finally uh, did something. Stop. There. <laughs> well, it, it, it ties back to our conversation to start the podcast. All they're doing is beating the NC State All-Stars. Come on. Now. <laughs> I mean, Come on, Steve. It's lucky. Speaking. Wayward home for NC State transfer. Where's Ryan Harrow when you need him? <laughs> Already there. The pioneer. I mean, heck, John Wall kind of is a state guy. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Pack, bro. Speaking of the pack, uh, we got Duke at NC State on Saturday. The blood feud. Yeah, man. Yeah. This, I know you always like to point us out from the pandemic game when you couldn't, when nobody was there and you could hear everything on the field. They yeah. did not like each other. I had no idea. Yes. It's no serious. clue. So you've been in in practice, right? They let you in practice. You're seeing uh, the backup. No, right? I mean uh, in the preseason, we got okay. to watch some practice. Not the no season starts. Elko shuts it down. We talked to Mike Elko earlier in the program, and he and he talked about the back. You know, like look, it's one of the first guys that I wanted to sign when I got the job and all this other stuff. I think sometimes we forget that Riley Leonard came out of nowhere. Riley Leonard was yes. not the original plan for the Blue Devils, so it is interesting to see. Okay, now that you kind of go back to what you thought you'd be with the team that you have. I still like I still like the Blue Devils' chances the rest of the season, especially against the Wolfpack on Saturday. I mean, their defense is still pretty salty. Yeah, and uh, they're going to get Miles Jones back, who didn't play the last two games, mm-hmm. the cornerback uh, from A and M. So uh, that's a big help. But yeah, I mean, you know, H- Henry won't be able to do everything Riley Leonard does. But and Riley Leonard's had a great season. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. question about that, and a great little run here for two years, year and a half. But uh, uh, and it's not to diminish what he's doing. But Henry can step in if it's, if it is him, which. I'll be surprised if it's not at this point, but you know how the game's played. Yeah. Um, uh, when it comes to injuries and everything, but Henry can do some things too, and I, he he's a lot better. He's got a pretty strong arm, and when I saw him against Lafayette, uh, admittedly, but you know he he can move the ball, he can move in the pocket a little bit, he do something with his legs. He's got he's got skills. He's just young. Okay. Steve Wiseman, News uh, and Observer. Should we get him in trouble with your dad first? Or? Yeah, by all means. Did you vote for Miami? No. Good. Good. Whew. No, no, good. They shouldn't be. No, not after that. I'm sorry. Gross. You can put them back in if they beat uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Not after that crap. No. Absolutely. I mean, actually, I would even punish them another week. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. You still shouldn't be ranked because I still can't get over the fact that you didn't take the kneel down Even if I didn't take a knee, just losing to Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> Distance to tar- Yeah. By the way, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because now it's bubbling back up to the surface, Steve. <laughs> I get that everybody wants to rip Mario Cristobal, and he deserves to be ripped for, and I've heard some people making excuses. I'm like, well, that's a whole team failure. No, no. it's on the head freaking coach. Stop no. it. To not know the situation. No, stop it. That was on Mario. But it does kind of gloss over the fact that Georgia Tech had two plays, and the last one was a broken down play. And they, and that's still, they still couldn't scored. stop him. Get way behind. Like, guys. <laughs> Like Elko reference, yeah, I'd like to have that fourth and sixteen back, but you know what? It wasn't that shit that we saw. Nope. No. All right. Like I mean, that was guy made a good play. Guy made a good play. Say Hart made a good play. What are you gonna do? 
This was on you, Miami. I'm sorry. Anyway, now, see, you got me ready. Right there we go. <laughs> Damn it, Steve, I'm going to write you an email. Like, what did you get to me? <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, cool. Of course, every time we talk about college football, we are thanking Wings Over. Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. I'll be hitting Wings Over this Friday. Going to go to the 50 Wings. I'm probably going to add the waffle fries to the mix. What about you, Joe? Went Sunday. Nice. Went hot and sweet chili. Big fan. Fitty. That sweet chili, I'm going to have to go back to the sweet chili. I did the uh, honey barbecue last oh, time. I, I was a fan of that vein, one. Yeah. But there's a little bit of heat to that sweet chili yeah. that I like. Yes. Y'all know how I feel about the hot lemon pepper. Um, although I feel like I'm going to have to just fast before I get to Friday after going to the NC State Fair Media Day, Joe. I, I don't know how you do it. I'm, I'm glad James Vito was there to help. But. Yeah, James James was there. I was, I was excited about that. He showed up as a... As an intern for OG Media LLC, he's not as talkative as you, though. No, no. He's more like Jess in this regard. Yes. So, although, does Jackson talk like you or no? No. So, neither one of them got your gift of gab? No. Is that what I understand? Yes. All right. So, Adam Eshbaugh and I from 919 Vice, we put together essentially a top six fair new fair foods. Uh, we put this on OG Triangle Media on Instagram. Uh, we also were going to put it on YouTube Shorts here in a second. If you're watching on YouTube right now, I, I pulled up the Instagram account real quick just to highlight some things. I don't have, so this is the snow cheddar chicken, all right? So this is, oh, you don't want to see me eating right now. But the point is, <laughs> oh, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you're into that sort of thing. So these snow cheddar wings, they are basically big fried Korean style fried chicken wings. Okay. Right? Different than what you get at Wings Over. Those are traditional right. buffalo wings. These are different in the flavor combinations, they essentially put cheesy poof powder on them and they're messy, but it's a flavor combination. I did not realize that I needed. Then there was the slot bucket. This is from Lawrence barbecue. Uh, this is the thing that James tried. It has fries on the bottom and then you've got barbecue coleslaw. Uh, it's, it's fries, barbecue, mac and cheese, coleslaw and baked beans oh. all on a tray. Okay. It's essentially a garbage plate with barbecue and James was intrigued by it. He actually liked it. Then there was the walking tachos, which was tots, fried chicken, Doritos, Fritos, or some Cheetos. It depends on what kind of bag you wanted to use. And then cheese on top of that. As Adam Eshbaugh pointed out, this would really hit 80 minutes into a gummy. Yes. All right. So I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I would like to have it fresh, though. I want it, like, fresh out the kitchen when I get to it. And then there was the chicharron on a stick. It came with a, it's basically pork belly, fried pork belly on a stick, but it also came with, like, a Mexi egg roll. The guac is some of the best guac I've had. Okay. And uh, Eshbal pointed out that when he had it and he tasted the chicharron, the fried pork belly, he essentially said, you know those TikTok videos where you see, like, white people reacting to this kind of food? That's me right now. Like flavor? <laughs> what is this flavor? <laughs> and then we had the strawberry cheesecake slushy. This is something that kind of came out of nowhere for us. I'm not usually the sweet tooth. No, it's not you. Not necessarily me, although I do love cheesecake. And Eshbaugh thought this was one of the best new items that were there. They actually do put a cheesecake in the slushy. And then there was oh. my number one. And this uh, is Korean barbecue. All right. 
rolled into a sushi roll. So think sushi with Korean barbecue, the bulgogi inside on a stick, deep fried. So the seaweed wrap is deep fried. Have you ever had, are you a sushi guy? Yeah. Have you ever had a um, spider roll? Yeah. Which is the soft shell crab. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. It has the texture on the outside of a crunchy tempura roll or whatever. Um, and it comes out hot. I also had it with their spam. There's a spam version too. I tried the spam version and it was legit, dude. So this was easily, this is what I voted at the NC State Fair Media Day. That was my number one. Uh, Eshbaugh did a dance and he had to like lay back because he was so impressed with what he ate. So there are our top foods from the NC State Fair. Are you going to try any of these things, Joe? Um, no. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we'll get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. I want Anthony to do a fair food edition of a pizza, by the way. What do you... Th- <laughs> when you do picks and pizza, You're I want Anthony... obsessed with Anthony putting trash on a perfectly good because pizza. I'm trying to go viral. <laughs> that's why. Think about it. Put funnel cake on a pizza? <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Put the garbage plate on top of a pizza? Come on, man. Let's go. You don't think so? <laughs> okay. Has to be a sanctity to the pizza, sir. I know. You guys take your pizza very, very seriously. <laughs> uh, so big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. We'll get out of here on some comments from YouTube. Uh, I said yesterday that North Carolina is the ACC's most complete team. You did say that, yes. I said that. And then you put it in a headline, and then I was like, eh, let's see if the Florida State people are paying attention. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and some other Because ACC I was kind of like, I didn't say that. I said <laughs> it and I believe it. And I think the key difference comes down to Drake May that ultimately puts him over the top, which I guess gets into nuance. Robert, okay. uh, I had a couple people pointing this out, uh, essentially saying, here he goes. Your analysis of UNC being the most complete team is flawed. UNC is a one trick pony. Ah, let's not go that far. Without Drake May, UNC is just an, av- an average ACC team. Apparently in the ACC, if your NIL bucket lets you buy an elite QB uh, and a couple first round wide receivers, these players can make an average ACC team look good relative to average ACC play. Not true as an example in the SEC. Alabama went into AM with just an average QB in Milru and the rest of, you know, where, how's he go here? Uh, anyway, is that Ag- in English? The, the YouTube comments sometimes go pretty crazy. Okay. Aggies had it all. You know, 105,000 at Kyle Field, 12th man, cadet court, home field. But with an average game manager, QB, Alabama kicked Aggie ass. So you really do need to think through your terms of most complete. My argument to that is... What does that have to do with anything in the ACC? That I do not know. If he, Well, okay. To that end, if I have two thoughts on Alabama's this. Alabama's not even good. Two thoughts on this. First and foremost, Carolina would beat Alabama. Just so you know, <laughs> they would. They would beat this Alabama team. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But how would they do it? Why could they do it? Is it because they have a really good QB? Well, it's so, it's a little bit of everything. This idea that, well, if maybe you take, not a kicker. So if you take away one of their best players, they're not that good. But they have one of those. It's not like deep analysis that you think it is. When right. you do, they will take that player off the team. Are they that complete? Well, that's part of the equation that makes them really freaking I think good. Marion Hampton's a lot better this year. Agree. Their offensive line's a lot better. This and year. their defense, not a one. their defense is also better this year, too. Which is confident. Yeah. That's all they were asking for, man. Yeah. So I look, I do think that North Carolina is looking scary for the ACC the rest of the year. I don't know if Florida State is that complete offensively. Defensively, 
they are better than North Carolina. But I'm not so sold on Jordan yeah. Travis. You can sell me on shoulder issue, whatever it is. It's not I'm so not much Jordan Travis as it is Trey Benson because they were not able to run the football against Clemson. So if they can run the ball against Carolina, though, mm-hmm. I, I think Florida State's the best team in the ACC. All right. So well, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Wednesday. Again, key programming note. We are live. Wednesday, we are live on YouTube, 2 o'clock. I know I've been getting some complaints about inconsistency in publishing. I hear you, but I need to do a better job of letting you know when things might be a little off. So tomorrow yes. is a good example of that. We will be live from the breeze through at two o'clock. If you're a podcast listener, that podcast is not hitting until the afternoon, but highly recommend you watch us live on YouTube tomorrow, starting at two o'clock. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.